Okay, welcome to another podcast with Harvest Land TV. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you are a patron with the Patreon on Harvest Land TV, and I appreciate you. Thank you very much for contributing to the channel. It really helps us out a lot, and uh, it's much appreciated. Uh, we're doing great things with veterans, just as an update. Um, so in 2021 and 2022, December well, actually, November, December, and January, we hunted very consistently with uh, active duty Marine and an active duty Army guy. Uh, the Marine, we went out with rifle and bow, and then the Army guy was just bow. Uh, we got close a few times tagging out, but we just weren't able to see the deal. And, I mean, these guys are troopers. I'm talking, we're walking six, seven miles a day and uh not even a day sometimes we put on 10 miles in a day and so and you're just not seeing anything or we'll end up seeing a couple of deer and learning a few more things and then the next day we get out there try and get some more information try and make it happen again and it just never ended up coming together but we learned a lot of stuff we had some good laughs we had some good experiences um we went through a lot of lows you know it gets real depressing when you're out there you know, for three, four days, grinding it out, trying to get a deer, you know, we were out there sleeping in tents and it was cold and, you know, had a fire, having some good conversations around the fire and then getting up real, real early, climbing up mountains, getting up there and glassing for hours and hours. And so it was just really tough, but it was still really cool. But uh, today we're going to be talking about the Arizona mule deer and when they go into rut specifically for the lower southwest portion of the state we're talking region four primarily and uh there's a lot to unpack so stay tuned with us and thank you for listening okay so when i first came across trying to research uh the mule deer rut in the lower southwest region of arizona i really couldn't find any information i did find some academic journals okay and we're going to review some of those some of that da data and and discuss that a little bit. So first I went to the Arizona Game and Fish Department. All right, I went to the website and I tried to see what they had to say about it. And they said November to December, okay? Now my experience is only two years. Game and Fish Department has been doing this for a lot longer, but I've only tracked the rut for the last two years, okay? And I ran trail cameras in 2020 and 2021. They're outlawed now or banned in 2022, effectively January 1st. I ran a lot of trail cameras before that and I got to learn a lot. And that's the good thing about trail cameras. It didn't help me kill a deer. <laughs> the crazy thing is it didn't help me kill a deer, but it helped me learn the deer. It helped me learn when they're dropping their horns, when they're breeding, when they're dropping their fawns, all this kind of stuff, you know, when they're hitting the water hole primarily, just everything, right? Except for shooting them. <laughs> so that's the crazy thing about the ban. Anyway, I went to the Arizona Game and Fish website, says uh, November to December, which is not correct at all. Um, so I went and I called the biologist. I called the biologist and talked to them in this region four and, and uh, they concluded that it was November and December, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And I said, well, I think that's kind of funny. I mean, I, from what I've observed, it's like late January, if not February. And he's like, oh, yeah, we should probably update that, you know, um, and they still haven't to this day, but that's okay. What I've actually observed, 
And from what I can gather, the mule deer do not go into their full swing rut until late February, early March. That is what I've observed. Okay. Um, now, some of the reports that I've read weren't really about the rut, but really about the way that they travel. So we're talking wintering and summering ranges, right? They definitely don't migrate out of the area like 100 miles like they do in Wyoming or 150 miles like they do in Wyoming. But they do have a summering and wintering range. So in the summertime, I was out there scouting in June and July and August, just going super hard all the way up until November. And uh, I would be out there in 120 degrees, glassing, looking for deer, and I would get onto them. I would see deer during daylight. As the year progressed and it got cooler, the deer started disappearing. And there's a lot of factors that were the cause of that. And primarily for this year, it was rainfall, okay? Rainfall was huge this year. We had a massive amount. And uh, what, I did, what I do is I follow the rainfall throughout the summer. So I'll follow the monsoon and I'll take screenshots and exact locations of where the most rainfall is hitting all across the state of Arizona. So if you're interested in that kind of information to see where all the rainfall is at, because that's where the deer do, they follow the rainfall, especially down here in the desert, the desert deer follow the rainfall. So that's what I do. I follow the rainfall. I know exactly where I'm tracking every storm and I'm taking screenshots and I'm uploading that to the hunting and fishing freak tier level. You can go and get that information for all of 2021. I did that all throughout 2021 and I'm gonna do that throughout 2022. So if you wanna get that information, go subscribe to a hunting and fishing freak uh, subscription tier level and you'll get that kind of information. But yeah, so they, we got a crap ton of rainfall this year. And so I knew it was gonna suck by like August. I was like, this is gonna suck. You know, we've gotten so much rainfall, it's insane. And literally the washes were like knee height on grass. It was just absolutely crazy. And uh, I actually took some of that grass to make a fire one time. And I tried, you know, putting a bunch of sparks into it, Flint, just sparks wouldn't even take off. And this is dry grass. It looks dry. It looks like it just sparked up in a second. So then I took the lighter to it. Well, when I took the lighter to it, it was like the slowest burning grass I've ever experienced. Like it was so slow. It barely even started a fire. And I just realized there's just so much moisture in this grass, you know? And then I th got to thinking the deer are eating this and, and they can get a lot of moisture from this. And from what I've heard and from what I've read, mule deer, if they're stressed and if they're pressured can go six to seven days without water. And what I've observed with trail cameras now is every three to four days, just to be safe, three to five days, but I think it's primarily three to four days, the, the bucks will hit the water, okay? They'll come in and they'll hit the water and then they won't come back for three more days. That's because they primarily get a lot of their water contents from the plant life that they eat. And that was especially true this year, okay? Uh, in 2020, we barely had any rain. So, that's where this academic journal came into play. Now there's something called the Gila river and a certain portion of region four that you can hunt. And, uh, it goes from Phoenix all the way to Yuma. Now that this study tracked the deer. So out of like a hundred deer, they said maybe three or four stayed in the Gila when it came to wintering and summering ranges. Okay. The rest of them went out to the desert and I find that's probably pretty accurate, but when it comes to a dry year now, a dry year, there's way more than that, okay? Your, your percentage of deer 
in the wintering time are going to be closer to that river because there's going to be more water, there's going to be more vegetation, there's going to be more resources for them to eat. But this year, with the amount of rainfall we got, all the deer were in the desert. Now, I'm not saying that people didn't tag out, okay? But uh, it was it was a lot more difficult than it usually is to identify a deer and get an opportunity on it. We barely got any opportunity, especially for rifle, didn't get any opportunity. So, got a few opportunity with the bow though, but I didn't get to fling any arrows this year. All right, so let's talk about breeding. So I actually have a deer on camera giving birth. And if you wanna see that picture, you can go to uh, the Hunting and Fishing Freak uh, tier level and subscribe to that. I'll have, I have all that in there. I have a report in there, everything about that picture and everything. And so it happened on August 30th, 2021. And it's literally the head of a, of a baby fawn sticking out of the rear end of a doe. Pretty cool, right? Um, and that was August 30th. So that's what I've pretty much for two years now confirmed that these deer giving birth August to September. I did see a lot of fawns with spots in September. So when I saw these fawns in September, it was like the middle of September. Okay. And from what I can gather, these fawns will keep their spots for one to like four weeks. I want to say it's one to two. Don't quote me on it. Uh, I need to double check on that. But uh, I believe it's one to two weeks, but it could be a little bit longer, um, which still puts them in August at the very least for being born. Um, but the, the fawns that I saw were just like, they look like they were only a week or two old. You know, they were still really skinny, wobbly, and like still trying to figure out how to walk a little bit. And, and it was... They weren't like really, really old deer or, you know, old fawns that had been, you know, around for a month or so. They were less than a month for sure, in my opinion. So what I've researched and what I've gathered is that the gestation period for a deer is around six to six and a half months or so. Um, I think it's closer to the six month mark. But uh, if you do the math, then we're going six months from August is gonna be February, right? And if we're at the end of August, middle of September kind of time frame, or beginning of September, you know, we're we're right in that that time frame of late February, early March when these deer are in their full swing. You know, we're gonna have probably rutting activity definitely in February, and uh, that's the time to really go out and scout. You know, because they're going to be in their wintering ranges and their summer ranges. Now, these mule deer don't, you know, migrate like they migrate in Wyoming where it's, you know, 150 mile migration. Um, but I do believe these mule deer have that winter and summer range, which is what that academic journal was talking about when they would stay in the Gila. Some would stay in the Gila and the rest would go out to the desert. So a deer's menstruation cycle uh, for what I from what I researched, you know, it is very similar to a woman's menstruation cycle, about 30 days or so. And uh, of course, people believe the moon, you know, plays an effect on into that, and it could, it very very well could. Uh, I did some some research on uh, how the moon works with menstruation. I ended up following down this kind of weird bunny hole of moon worshiping people. But so you can go down that hole and uh, and and focus in on that. But I don't think it warrants a whole lot of focus. I mean, yeah, the new moon is going to, you know, give you probably the best opportunity for trying to, you know, for them to get into their full rut swing. 
Um, but you're talking there by that time, they're already in rut activity. So that's why I don't think it makes a huge, significant, uh, difference tracking the moon cycle. Um, it's not like I'm going to go out on this day on the new moon and that's when they're going to be in the rut. No, they're in the rut the week before the new moon, the week after probably, you know, um, or even weeks. So I wouldn't focus too much on the moon, but it does play an effect into them. And, and the interesting thing is, is that, uh, a doe, if she does not get bred, then she'll just keep on going into heat every month until she get, she, she gets bred the next year. Um, sometimes they might skip a month, you know, it might be irregular, just like a woman's menstruation is irregular sometimes. Now, another, uh, thing that I didn't know is that a doe is typically going to have fawns, uh, two fawns the first time she's bred. The first year that she's bred, she's going to have twins. Not all the time, but most of the time they have twins. After that, it's, uh, one fawn a year that they typically have. Now I'm going to be interested in what the Arizona Game and Fish has to say about their uh, survey data for Region 4, uh, because I've I've gone over Region 4 quite a bit, and honestly, all I've seen is just twins everywhere. <laughs> I've seen at least one fawn with every single doe, and uh, it was kind of funny. I saw a uh, we jumped some deer when we were out archery hunting, and I ju uh, jumped a doe and two fawns. And one fawn looked super, super healthy. You know, like it looked big and fat and, and healthy. The other one literally looked like a manged coyote. You know, I was like, oh, dang, what is that thing? Like, it looks like a freaking alien, you know? Uh, but it probably was just malnourished. I think what happened is that its mom must have been killed to predators or something happened to that, that fawn's mom. Or that, that doe had, you know, twins and she just couldn't keep up with uh, nourishing, nurturing the, uh, one of them over the other. And so, uh, yeah, but everywhere I've gone in region four, I have seen a doe with a fawn every single time. So we had a very, very good birthing rate. Now this is what the game and fish do to de determine the tags that they give out. They look at buck to doe ratio. They look at doe to fawn ratio. Um, they look at the yearling bucks compared to the mature bucks. And uh, that's how they come up with their data. What's interesting is I've memorized a lot of their numbers, okay? So this is numbers straight from their survey data, straight from their website for harvest rates and harvest, uh, harvest, uh, harvested deer in a year. Um, so they'll go and they, they've counted, you know, on average, it's about a thousand bucks. They'll count every single year throughout the whole state of Arizona, right? So that's the whole state of Arizona. Now, there's a lot more than a thousand bucks in Arizona. We as hunters take over 20,000, over 20,000 bucks a year. Okay. So that kind of gives you a grasp of how many deer they actually see when they're doing their flyovers compared to what is actually harvested. You know, that's a pretty big jump. I think that's like 5% or less of the, the bucks that they're counting, you know? And so, uh, that's pretty radical, but they claim the survey data is really good and it might be, they've been doing it for a long time. They might have a good grasp on it. Um, and that's a, this is a whole different kind of podcast that we can go into, but, uh, I'm going to try and stay away from that for now, but yeah, hopefully that gives you a good idea of what the mule deer rut is like in the lower Southwest region of Arizona, 
specifically region four. Now in over in Tucson, I have seen, or I have heard guys, multiple different people tell me that the uh, rut is in full swing by January 1st to January 15th, you know? And I'm like, what the crap is going on there? You know, like, I don't understand. Now I think some factors that might, you know, influence when these deer are going into rut is, uh, you know, climate, the weather, the, uh, the food that they have, the uh, resources that they have, the water they have. I think all of that plays a huge factor into when they're going into their rut and setting up for the, the best possible time for their fawns to be born and to survive, right? Um, I know up in Northern Arizona, the deer are going into their rut in like November, December timeframe. Okay, so the game of fish are not wrong on that. But when I ask, you know, a biologist and I ask him, hey, when do you think they're going into the rut around here? And he says, November, December. I'm like, that's not right at all, you know? And uh, I've, that's pretty consistent with what I've heard from, uh, from people is that it's always November, December. That's not the case down here. You know, we're talking late February, March timeframe. Now that changes, you know, it changes, it's variable. Sometimes it might be in April, some, I doubt it'd be in April, but um, sometimes it's early January, late January, I'm sure, you know, middle of February, end of March, who knows? Now, the reason why I said I doubt it's in April is because I have uh, deer dropping their antlers on camera in middle of April timeframe. And so that's the big bucks. So the big bucks are going to drop their horns first, and then uh, the little bucks will follow, which gives the bigger bucks a little bit of an edge because uh, they start growing their horns a little sooner, and then they probably go into rut a little earlier. Um, but yeah. So hopefully that gives you some better information and better insight of what the rut activity is like in region four. And if you hunt the area and you have some additional information, drop a comment below, let me know. And uh, if you think I'm wrong on anything, drop a comment below, let me know. And we can, we can have a discussion about it. It'd be uh, it's good to learn stuff and, and get different people's perspective. So thanks for listening. I appreciate everyone's support and God bless.